What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Latin Explaining. My name is Denise Gonzalez. For those who do not know me, for those who do, what's up, guys? I hope everybody is having an amazing weekend. I know I have had an amazing weekend. And to be honest with you, yesterday was a little miscalculation on my end. Um, but I am back today, and today I'm giving you a double whammy. <laughs> I'm going to go live now at 12 uh, with what was supposed to be yesterday's stream, but I'm also going live at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time. And I know that's a little late for people, but trust me, come on now. You guys know you don't sleep as much. Uh, <laughs> so I hope to see you guys back here before I start. I start today's stream. Um, I'm gonna share something with you guys that has been very important, and I want you guys to, um, you know, uh, hold. I mean, if I don't, you guys know I'm not very religious, but if you do, um, keep this in your prayers. And also, let's have before we start today's show, let's have a moment of silence, um, just to remember this. Usted conoce a este niño, por favor comuníquese a Guapa Televisión. Lo que ha ocurrido aquí todavía no se ha descifrado todavía, no se sabe cuáles van a ser las consecuencias. Un momento anticlimático en la historia de Puerto Rico. And guys, um, if you were, um, you know, if you were uh, aware of this news when it happened, I was a child, um, but I remember vividly um what happened today marks 25 years of you know this disaster this tragedy that happened in 
the store Humberto Vidal in Rio Piedras. I know many people uh, that lost family, uh, their mothers, because this was a shoe store. Um, so of course, you know, they were mainly women and children uh, in this tragedy. But like I said, it's been 25 years and we still remember, we're never going to forget. And we still have all of the victims in our hearts. So keep that in mind today, light a little candle for them, uh, keep them in your prayers and their family members as well. Now guys, uh, I just wanted to shed light on that uh, before we started today's show. And let's just get this show started without any further ado. And speaking of taking things to the next level, uh, today I wanted to share with you guys uh, something that is very important that's happening today. We saw it already happen in Nicaragua, but today marks a very special day in Chile simply because today is the election date. And if you're sick, like uh, the news said, this is directly from the New York Times. And it says, sick of the, the status quo. Chileans head to the polls. The top contenders to lead Chile out of the turbulent era are a leftist 35-year-old former student activist and a 55-year-old far-right former congressman offering voters a stark choice. And I wanted to share with you guys um, what's basically happening right now is that uh, the polls have opened in Chile at 8 a.m. today and are scheduled to close at 6 p.m., I believe. Um, there are several presidential candidates on the ballot. Uh, the results are expected later today. And the winner of this election in Chile will be uh, empowered for a referendum on a new constitution that is currently being written by elected citizens representatives in Chile. The constitutional convention was a concession to mass protest against structural inequality during an explosion of social unrest that started two years ago in Chile. Uh, Gabriel Boric, which is the 35-year-old congressman and a former student that was an activist, represents the left wing of um, a Prevo Dignidad coalition that arose from all the unrest in Chile. And also, uh, the, also the most notorious candidate is Jose Antonio Cast, which is a uh, 55-year-old lawyer and former congressman and the far-right candidate of the Christian Social Front Coalition. Um, also, Sebastian Seychelles, a former official in outgoing President Sebastian Piñera's administrations, uh, administration from the center-right ruling alliance, and Jasna Porboste, a senator representing a center-left parties who trailed Boric and Cast by a substantial margin, run up the field with three other candidates. I want also um, you guys to know that no candidate is expected to obtain an outright majority because there's so many options and but the top two contenders will face each other uh in the december 19 runoff the president-elect will take office uh, i believe in march 11 2022 for a term of four years i will keep you guys posted um after the election is summarized and we know 
who is the winner. Um, but I hope that just like El Salvador did with Nayib Bukele, uh, we give a space to younger politicians, which happen to be the trend going on right now in Latin America, because they're offering different outlooks and options for the population. We'll see who wins, who's your favorite, who's not, let me know on my Instagram, or even leave a comment here. Uh, who do you think should win in Chile? Who do you think should be the president in this next four years? Um, of the Chilean population or those Chilenos, <laughs> who should be uh, winning? That is something that I'm gonna leave up to the the Chile population. But honestly, um, I hope that you know they they decide for what's better for the country. I see that Cultural Castizo says in 2018 Chile declines to sign UN Global Pact on migration. They as a majority say migration is not a human right. Therefore they're definitely leaning right as a nation. Absolutely. I think that that is something that Chile has been such a melting pot for idealistic people that right now this is like their own political gender reveal <laughs> we don't know who's going to win and like i said i hope that they you know come together to make the best choice for the nation because we have seen two almost three years of unrest and lack of stability in chile and then they're still in the middle of a pandemic they're still in the middle of this crisis um the finances of Chile has been rocked, uh, rocked, I'm sorry. And they used to be one of the most stable Latin American countries when it came to their economy. And it's been literally spiraling out of control. Even I think two or three years ago, Ricky Martin was even attacked in Chile at some point. Uh, and I would hate to see that one of the most stable countries in Latin America goes under uh, some craziness simply because they can't come together to make a proper decision. Now, moving from Latin America to something that we have discussed here before, uh, you know, is the the controversial, the one and the only <laughs> AOC and the dress that she should have worn uh, for the Met Gala saying repeal the cell cap. I have explained to you guys what the cell cap is. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and watch my video called Remember Me. Um, when I explain exactly why we're making this joke about AOC. And, you know, there was some interesting views. I was out of Twitter jail uh, all day yesterday. I was put back in until 10 a.m. this morning. Uh, it those privilege only lasted for a few days, um, but I, it was interesting because I saw both sides of the spectrum. We have people from the far left and the far right uh, making comments about the the new Build Back Better bill that President Joe Biden has just signed, and including in that bill that I don't understand how we're going to build back better with this in the bill. There is a repeal on the salt cap and initially it was to go back to the unlimited access to 
uh, the SALT deductions for high earner Americans, especially in blue states. And one of the views that was the most interesting to me um, was the Robert Reich said, I see why am I build back better includes a 285 billion tax cut that will almost exclusively benefit the rich. Put simply, this is an absolute outrage and a betrayal of voters. We must pressure the Democrats to remove the salt tax break from their otherwise crucial legislation. And just as much as he expressed himself also, I wanted to highlight David Sirota said, claiming salt tax breaks for rich mansion owners are a middle-class tax provision is a blatant lie akin to claiming estate tax cuts are a family farmer tax provision. It's totally grotesque that corporate media insists on pushing such a fragrant lie. And like I said, I see both sides of the spectrum. You have one side of the spectrum claiming that this whole salt cap that Donald Trump did just to stick his thumb on, you know, uh, high earners in blue states uh, of $10,000 as a federal um, deduction uh, in the taxes. I don't think it was wrong for that, but it gave America $285 billion extra in federal taxes. Now, what Democrats are doing now with their legislation for the Build Back Better uh, bill, basically they're, they're removing that cap. Initially, they wanted to remove the cap completely, but when people started pushing back, uh, what they did is that they went back in and they reassessed, and now they're moving the cap to $80,000. And I'm going to explain what this means. Uh, for example, in states like California, where taxes are skyrocketing and are out of freaking control, uh, over property, one of the deductions that you can pick, depending on you know uh, what's higher, um, it's property. You know how much taxes you pay in property. And as I explained before, I was put in Twitter jail <laughs> again. Um, I was explaining to someone in California if you purchase a property for $300,000, the tax on property in California is 1.25% over the property value. So that means that you will pay per year $3,750. Now, if you have the sold cap and you're a you know, high earner or middle class, the cap doesn't really affect you. You can still deduct it because you're not up there at the $10,000. Now, if you have a mansion of $8 million, then the based on the 1.25% of taxes on property that you pay for that $8 million house per year, that's $10,000. So it's still on that cap. You're still on the on the sole cap that was put in place by the former president, the Shito Trump. So I'm 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 still trying to compute as to why people insist to say that this removal or expansion of the the salt cap of $10,000 will benefit the middle class when in reality you're removing the richest population in blue states that pay the higher taxes, obviously, because in blue states we have more taxes. 
why removing that cap will benefit the middle class. The people that benefit the most out of this is the higher earners, the millionaires and whatnot, the 20% of this nation or even 15% of this nation. Now, like I said, the hypocrisy of AOC was discussed here last weekend. But to be honest with you, this is something that if it's cringeworthy to see uh, folks defending AOC and it's cringy to see our politicians like Bernie Sanders talking about this whole thing, you know what's even more cringeworthy? I'll tell you what's more cringeworthy. <laughs> what's more cringeworthy is seeing people that are not basing anything on the facts and are defending Democrats for doing what they're doing in their face, basically being outright corrupt and hypocrites, saying that the salt cap was to bend, the removal of it was simply to benefit the middle class. This benefits the wealthy, not the middle class, okay? So, hmm, no. <laughs> I am so sorry. And moving from like cringeworthy, speaking of cringeworthy, another thing that surprised me this week is that now in Puerto Rico, random signs have started to appear all around uh, promoting the current absent, irresponsible, and incompetent president, Pedro, I mean, governor, <laughs> Pedro Pierluisi, running for 2024. Yeah, you heard me right. If you had any doubts as to if this man was going to run for 2024, el descarado va a correr otra vez for the governorship of Puerto Rico. Do you think, let me know in the comment section or in the chat if you're watching live, do you think that we should give as Puerto Ricans Pedro Pierluisi four more years? Look at the first year of what he has done. The, the whole island has gone into distress. There's no money for anything. Cops are literally every major weekend locking down every precinct and calling in the blue flu Imagine that. I've never seen that in my lifetime happening with the police, and they have had many protests. And, you know, the, our trauma center in the Centro Medico in San Juan, Puerto Rico, is closing down. Doctors are fleeing the island. Educators are fleeing the island. The schools are in horrible states. Uh, the food supply is a piece of shit. And this man thinks that we're stupid enough to elect him for a second term. Ha! Good luck. Kick rocks. <laughs> Kick freaking rocks. Jose says, no. Wananako Sajajin said, no homo. <laughs> and then he said, he's handsome. I will vote for him. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> So guys, that has been all for news today. Let's keep it moving because we have a lot of things, and I mean a lot of things to discuss. predicted 
aspect that I told you guys last weekend when we were discussing here uh, what was going to happen uh, between the Navmets and the Capitanes from Arecibo. I don't know if you guys have been plugged into my Instagram. I know some of you guys have done. Remember, guys, when I told you that I was thinking that the Capitanes were equipped enough to win and I thought that they were going to win? Well, guess what? They freaking won the series. They won the championship for the Baloncesto Superior Nacional in Puerto Rico, which is our organization. And guys, let me tell you something. Hmm. It was explosive. If you missed out the game, go ahead and watch it. But don't hold yourself uh, too harshly on this because according to Javier Molina, he literally released, and he's my favorite baseball player, of course, from Puerto Rico. <laughs> Uh, he released a statement yesterday asking Fabrianelli, which is the owner, the co-owner with Anuel Dolea of the uh, Capitanes from Arecibo. He asked them to basically do an exhibition, uh, an exhibition game to give the public what they wanted. And guess what? Fabrianelli said yes. So most likely we're going to see the Capitanes from Arecibo playing against another team very, very, very soon. So I wouldn't hold uh, my breath if you miss the game, you have another shot. And I hope you don't miss this one because I'm hearing the word on the streets is that it's going to be very explosive. And speaking of explosions, guys, last night, if you missed this match, you're out of your freaking mind. This was a war. We had two boxers that were acting as gladiators yesterday. We had on one hand, Sean Porter, and on the other one, Terrence Crawford. And you guys know that I am a huge boxing fan. And this was such an explosive fight. You wouldn't know what was going to happen. We saw Sean Porter dominated all the way down to the sixth round. The sixth round. And in the sixth round, he started declining simply because and I'm going to say this, and I know Melanated Knight's going to be a little mad because he was bouting and rooting for Sean Porter. But guess what? I was always on Terrence Crawford's corner. And guess what? In this specific one, I won. <laughs> I noticed from the beginning that Sean Porter had a lot of missed jabs, a lot of miscalculations, and Terrence Crawford outboxed this dude in a crazy match and uh, it wasn't easy i'm not gonna lie terence crawford got a lot of punishment as well because sean porter is a strong freaking dude and when i mean strong that dude's a wall okay but at the end of the day in the minute 121 of the 10th round uh sean porter's dad stopped the fight and he didn't want his kid to continue to have punishment and later on he said that he stopped the fight because he thought his da his daughter oh my god his son wasn't um you know doing what he was supposed to do he didn't listen to him he didn't train like he was supposed to so he decided to stop the fight to avoid not what was happening because in reality um terence crawford had not done anything significant to sean porter at that point but he stopped it because of what was about to happen we all saw it coming he saw the writing in the wall and he said hey this is it he's out 
I'm going to, if not, I'm going to throw in the towel. I'm going to stop the fight. This is it. The minute that, because this was the second time that Sean Porter was on the ground. And we saw all those body shots that Crawford was doing. Crawford outboxed uh, Porter in this match because he was, he had more precision. Sean Porter had more power, but he was not organized. And that's literally what brought him down. I see that Melanated Knight says, I don't have an issue with Crawford. I'll just like Sean Porter and Crawford got on my nerves because it takes him forever to fight at times. I get it. I get it, Melanated Knight. And you're absolutely right. Uh, Culturally, Castizo says, Porter pushes forward and loves to attack. Porter had to utilize on changing his rhythm more. Absolutely. I think, look, I think his style would have won him. The problem is that he needed, he needed to train for the champion. The champion is notorious. Crawford is notorious for his precision. All throughout his career, look up all of his fights. He's a very precise uh, type of like... Um, Kind of like what uh, Israel Adesanya does on MMA, that he goes into like a mosquito and you don't realize like he actually bit you and he got you. By the time you realize that he's away of you, he's far away from you and you cannot counter attack. So that's basically what we saw. And we saw Crawford uh, at many, many instances being rocked by the power punches of Porter. But in reality, we know that Crawford's precision was gonna pay off. And we started seeing it on round seven, round eight, round nine. Ultimately on round 10, it had to be stopped because if not, the other two rounds were not going to be pretty and they were not going to be useful in any way for Sean Porter. So I agree with his dad. It had to be stopped. I am so sorry. Um, now I see Coltre Castiza said Crawford is the best. I like him more than Spence Jr. Look, I like him more than Spence Jr., but Melanated Knight likes Spence Jr. better, obviously, because of Spence Jr.'s resilience. Uh, but I wish that they will stop avoiding each other. Some people say that it's Crawford that's avoiding Errol Spence Jr., some people said that it's Errol Spence Jr. that's avoiding Crawford. To me, it's time to make it happen. I've seen many tweets saying, give the public what they want to see. And it's true. We want to see who is better. We all have that question. Who do you think is better? Hi, Terward. What's up? Um, yeah. So who do you think is better? I see Melanated Knight says Errol Spence Jr. is the best. And I think he is. But at the same time, I don't know about that. I'm torn. I, I will have my decision when this, this fight is announced, I swear. But to be honest with you, I saw it coming. On round three, I told Melanated Knight last night, uh, Terrence Crawford is going to win. And he was like, no, Sean Porter is bringing it. And everybody was cheering for Porter. It was not just Melanated Knight. If you saw the fight last night, everybody in that it up in the stadium was cheering for Porter obviously because of his power. But we knew that the Terrence Crawford fans and the boxing fans knew that at some point, <laughs> at some point, Terrence Crawford was going to bring him down and he was going to win, okay? <laughs> Look at Melanated Knight. He was like, she didn't tell me, Chet. <laughs> uh, Coltrane Castizo said he has superpowers. Absolutely. This dude, it's, he's no joke. 
And he's when you think he's getting tired, he's not getting tired, folks. He is not. You might think he is, but he is not. And he actually can take several, several, several power punches and still charge at you. He's like the African-American uh, version of Nate Diaz. You can shoot at him, but he's still going to come at you. <laughs> you know, so guys, this was an explosive fight. I actually enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I enjoyed a lot the the bout the championship um, game between the Mets and the Capitanes from Arecibo. And I hope that if you missed it, like I said, tune in and make sure make sure <laughs> that uh, you actually uh, watch the exhibition game that they're going to have soon. I will announce it here so you don't miss anything about it. But if I don't have to announce it here because it happens in between shows, I'm going to put it on my Instagram, so make sure you tune in. And, guys, that has been all for sports today. And now let's keep it moving because, trust me, we have more stuff to discuss. And guys, the music sector today woke up. Uh, today, I don't know what the fuck is going on with this Sunday, but this Sunday has been a little sad. And one of the main things that happened today in the music sector uh, was Arcangel, a known, very known uh, reggaeton singer, lost his brother this morning due to a car crash in the bridge Todoro Moscoso in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Uh, you know, we we don't know yet what was happening. This is a news that is still in development. Uh, but we know that Arcángel made some statements and he said, Yo no soy nada ni nadie para exigirle y mucho menos reclamarle nada. Padre se, nada, padre se me enseñó a que tu voluntad, pase lo que pase, debe ser respetada y aceptada. Y aunque duela a un nivel inexplicable, si así es tu voluntad, te repito que la acepto, papá. Ahora sí creo que estoy en el. En, en posición de pedirle fuerza y entendimiento. Basically, he he's basically talking about God and how he's going to resign to his will. And, you know, it hurts and levels that he cannot explain, but he is ready to, you know, accept the truth and the reality as it is. So basically, you know, this was very, very, very sad. Um, another thing that I wanted to announce uh, in the music sector is that, well, we know already that um, Anuel AA has been teasing a lot about his music coming out, his music album, and he released this video. I'm not going to play the sound, obviously, because of uh, copyright issues, but he released his new uh, single called Subelo alongside uh, well-renounced and Grammy Award winner Mike Towers. <laughs> and um, we actually saw the beautiful uh, TV host Natalia Rivera being one of the models in there. There is a lot of things surrounding this music video. If you have not watched Subelo, go ahead and watch it. Uh, it's, it's really nice. Yeah, the bebecita. <laughs> but, um, to be honest with you, a lot of people loved it, but a lot of people hated it. I don't know why they said that this song is only good because it has Mike Towers in it. 
a lot of people, I don't know what's wrong, but a lot of people have been hating on Anuel AA for no freaking reason. Haven't you guys found that weird? That's freaking weird to me. That's freaking weird. But to be honest with you, to each his own, I love Anuel AA's music. I don't care that he is ghetto. I don't care that he went to prison. His music is dope. And when you want to work out and get motivated, there's nothing better than Gangsta Trap by Anuel AA. If you don't believe me, go to the gym, play Anuel AA, and you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> now, guys, um, that was all for music uh today let's keep it moving to our main topic before i get to the main topic today I want to ask everybody that is here, I never ask specifically for people to donate because I know we're still in the middle of a pandemic, a lot of people are unemployed, but something that is free to you, but it can help me enormously is that you like this video and subscribe to my channel. So if you haven't done so, please hit that like button and subscribe and also so that you don't miss any show, please hit that bell for notifications, okay? So guys, moving on to the main topic today, when feminism gets expensive. I know that a lot of people uh, are going to feel triggered. I know that there's a lot of feminists that are going to get triggered by what I'm gonna say, but it is the reality, so eat it up, suck it. <laughs> now, um, recently, a lot of people have been talking about this, including Kevin Samuels, which you guys know I'm a huge fan of. Um, but a lot of people have been talking about what the Wall Street Journal um, published this week. And what they published was that the USC, the University of Southern California, pushed 115 thousand online degree graduates got low salaries huge debts it says the prestigious private university hire a for-profit firm to recruit students to its social work master's programs you don't feel like you're part of an elite school in that same article, it says, over the past decade, the University of Southern California has used a for-profit company to help enroll thousands of students in its online social work master's program. The nonprofit school used its status symbol image to attract students across the country, including low-income minority students it targeted for recruitment, often with aggressive tactics. Most students pile on debt to afford the tuition, which last year reached $115,000 for the two-year degree. The majority never set foot on the posh Los Angeles campus, but paid the same rate for online classes as in-person students. A master's in social work is a requirement for many counseling jobs. There are less expensive ways to get one, more than a dozen public universities in California produce graduates with less debt and higher incomes. The data covering 2015 and 2016 graduates show. At California State University, Long Beach in Los Angeles County, graduates borrow less than a third of what the USC students and earn a median 
$1,000 two years later, about 14% more than USC students. Now, you guys might think, how is this feminism getting expensive? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh my God. I see that one Anaka Sajajin says, feminism has always been bad since, in, since its inception. That's why a lot of communities are below replacement rape birth rates. Well, there's good and bad in everything. Uh, <laughs> look at Morena. Oh my, Denise. A fan. <laughs> look, I am a fan. I am a fan of that man because he is speaking the truth that we need to hear. And I know that a lot of people uh, hate him for whatever reason, but in reality, you don't have to listen to him. You're supposed to listen to Kevin Samuels if you want to get married. That's it. If you don't want to get married, then he's not the guy for you. <laughs> it's that simple. Now, you might think, why am I bringing this compared to when feminism gets expensive? It's very simple. In the Latin community, we often have this type of ladies that proclaim themselves to be feminists and you know, pro-woman and all this stuff. And we see them charging a, a lot of people, insulting people, uh, hating on men, talking all kinds of shit. And they're always this type of independent, strong Latina woman, independent, strong woman. I don't need men, men are trash, men are this, men are that, just like they divest steps. But we call them the Sylvester Stallone sisters, okay? And if you think I'm joking, tell me how many feminists don't look like this in latin america they look just like that come on now come on now <laughs> you know which ladies i'm talking about you know it's true <laughs> the sylphs i'm gonna call them sylvia stallone well if you happen to know a sylvia stallone you know that sylvia is aggressive Sylvia says that she doesn't need a man, that she has college and she pays her own bills and she makes a lot of money and she went to school and she's intelligent and blah, 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 blah. And she has her three kids and Sylvia is killing it. Well, Sylvia, today's show is about to expose your reality because feminism hasn't worked for you. So before we go into Sylvia, I want to shed light into and oh my god i'm getting i know i'm gonna get mm, a lot of sylvia's triggered um but before that i want to shed a light on what the women's liberation movement was before we talk about it because a lot of people get confused and think that feminism the way we see it today is what feminism was in its inception and it's not um and i found an article uh, that basically is talking about what this movement was about. And the movement of women's liberation in the 60s consisted of women's liberation groups, advocacy, protests, consciousness, racing, feminist theory, and a variety of diverse individual and group actions on behalf of women and freedom. And when people talk about the freedom of women, I want you to understand that what women were asking for was for the opportunity to decide if they could, uh, Sylvia looks miserable. <laughs> Sylvia. Sylvia, oh my God, if you tell Sylvia that she is miserable, Sylvia will try to punch you. Sylvia is tough. 
Sylvia is rough around the edges and Sylvia is full of contempt for you guys. And if you're a Latino man that has dealt with Sylvia, you know that what I'm saying is true. Sylvia's annoying as hell. Okay. Now, one thing, everything you say, if you say day, Sylvia will say night just to disagree with you. Sylvia is annoying as hell. Now, one thing I would say is that basically this whole movement uh, was to give women the freedom between being in charge of your own finances, being in charge of your own life and making the choice if you wanted to be a career woman or a housewife. It was never about marriage. It was never about if you wanted to be single or married. You can do that. You could have done that in the past. You could have stayed single. Okay, you could have. That's not what the movement was about. But a lot of people love to confuse it with that. Oh, feminism is about this. Feminism is about that. <laughs> and look at one another. is like, Sylvia will die along with cats. Absolutely. Morena says, Sylvia will put you in a headlock. Absolutely. Morena, you know which, which ladies I'm talking about. You've seen the two. Uh, <laughs> so to be honest with you, it was never about the concept of marriage or that men were, men were hateful or anything, uh, like that. But one thing, uh, I wanted you guys to know about the whole women's liberation thing. I want you to guys understand what women were fighting for at the time. And there were 12 things, according to Odyssey, 12 things that women could not do before the women liberations uh, movement. And the first one was open a bank account, credit cards, loans, or mortgages in their name, at least not without their husband or a male's relative's permission until the Equal Credit Opportunity Act of 74. They could not serve jury duty. Slowly, states separately allowed women to sit in the jury box over the years until Mississippi finally became the last state to legalize it in 1968. They were also not allowed to practice law. Hold on one second. I hate these apps. But basically, even if they had gone through all the years of school and passed every test, women will, could still be uh, denied the right to plead a client's case until 1971. Also, they could not attend a military academy. I guess this isn't much of a surprise, but West Point didn't admit women until 1976. Also, they could not take birth control pills. That's dark. That sounds kind of like The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, they were available in the 60s, but several states continued to ban them. If you happen to live in a state that didn't ban uh, birth control pills, you had to have your husband's signature before the doctor can prescribe them to you. Number six, they were not allowed to attend an Ivy League university. Yale and Princeton got on board in 69, but Harvard held out until 77. They were not also allowed to take time off to have a baby. If a woman happened to have a job, she would lose it if she wanted to take any maternity leave before the Pregnancy Discrimination Act of 78. Also, they could not become a Supreme Court justice. There wasn't a law stopping women from serving on the Supreme Court, but no woman were ever appointed until Sandra Day O'Connor in 81. And as of 2018, there are three women out of nine in the SCOTUS judges. We know already we lost one when um, Justice uh, Ruth 
passed away last year. Uh, number nine was get a job without being rejected simply for being female. Until the Civil Rights Act of 64, it was perfectly legal to discriminate against someone based on race, sex, religion, and a national origin. Number 10, they were not allowed to adopt a baby as a single woman. I don't see why you will fight for that because if you're a single woman, why you wanna adopt a kid? But anyway, this was possible in some states, but other states banned it from happening. This gradually changes in the 60s when adoption agencies started recruiting single women for potential adopters. Number 11, they could not become presidential nominees for a major, for a major political party. Hillary Clinton was the first woman to ever receive a major poli political party nomination in 2016. Did you know that Hillary Clinton was a Goldwater girl too? She supported Barry Goldwater in 64, but didn't vote for a candidate who vowed to resegregate America. The Goldwater girls were conservative women and political activists. They were moral mothers and wanted to redefine strict gender roles. And number 12, experience equality in the work Force or the workplace. Kennedy's Commission on the Status of Women produced a report in 63 that revealed, among other things, that women earn 59 cents for every dollar that men earn and were kept out of the more lucrative professional positions. The National Organization of Women was founded to enforce full equality for women in truly equal partnerships with men. The gender pay gap is real, even in 2018, which has been accounted for and is not true. Uh, but men still get paid more than women and do, women do, and women are just as qualified. Look, I'm gonna say something. Obviously, I wanted not to be biased and I picked an article that was written by women. Um, and to be honest with you, Risa <laughs> Realm is like investing cat and dog food. <laughs> Look, uh, one thing I would say is that, you know, uh, this whole thing about uh, this lady's proclaiming that, you know, they're independent and whatnot, I've said on many streams, you know, feminism has gotten too expensive and we cannot afford it. And articles like the one from the Wall Street Journal is just more evidence that's, that keeps piling up. That feminism has gotten too expensive. And ladies, you can't afford to be one. Because I've done a lot of research. And even if you want to go to the article, um, you can see how women roughly, the average, look, the average American, according to the inflation levels that we have experienced in the last 30 years, needs to be making around $24 an hour as a minimum wage to be able to afford at least one bedroom apartment for themselves. Now, if you take $24 an hour and you multiply it by 40 hours per week, that's $960 in gross income monthly that is $3,840 and if you multiply that by the year you ladies that have these degrees these PhDs this oldest master's degrees that you went into 
a lot of obnoxious and unspeakable obscene debt into make you a whooping $46,000 with 80 cents per year. And when I say feminism today has gotten expensive, we have ladies out there that make $46,000 that have a hundred to $200,000 in debt, plus their consumer debt in credit cards and whatnot, plus their vehicle and all of this debt. And, and God forbid it, they have a mortgage. We have these ladies that are in debt that started their life backwards telling men that we're a little bit more intelligent in this aspect and decided to pick a trade rather to go to college and into debt. Telling these men that are making 80, 70, $50,000 that they cannot be with this man because they don't make enough money. And I'm, I'm here to tell you guys, I believe you. You cannot be with a plumber that makes $80,000 a year. You cannot be with a trucker that makes $78,000 a year. I understand that. And I believe you. You want to know why? Because he cannot pay your 200 k in student debt loan. And that is just the reality. You have, you're too freaking expensive. So it's not necessarily that this man can afford, uh, a wife, they can afford you. You're too expensive. Feminism puts you down a line of acquiring all this debt. And then you go back to the men that actually are out here working and you're like, oh no, you know, he's not going to be able to pay for my student loan. He's not going to be able to pay for all these bills. He's not going to be able to afford that. But in reality, it's not that he's not able to afford a family. He can't afford you. And I wish that we will speak about this more often so that young ladies don't fall for this trap. And trust me, I'm not coming at you and I'm not saying I'm anti-college. I went to college. But I was taught not to borrow anything that I didn't have in my bank account. That's the way I was raised by my parents. So I had to pick up two, three jobs to pay for my college. It's just what it is. And I had, I had to take time off. I had to take two, in between, in college, I had to take two years off to be able to work more and afford my college because I did not want a student debt loan. That's why now imagine if I was bringing to middle eighty nine. hey, I have a hundred K in student debt and you have to pay for it, you know? Cause how in the hell, how in hell a man is supposed to pay for himself, for the children, for you, for the home, for the bills, and your debt. Feminism has gotten too expensive. They, they, they have to do something. I see that Jose says, there are many types of scholarships and financial aid so people can avoid student loan debt. Yeah, but that's not the case, Jose. Student loan debt today, I have friends that have borrowed money and they're hardworking people, but still they have to file bankruptcy after that after college, just when their life is starting. And we have a lot of people, the, the, the index of people in bankruptcy under 30 is going up. By the time you're 30, you have 
almost a quarter million dollars in debt because I support women going after their careers. I freaking do. But you could, Sylvia, I'm going to tell you something, Sylvia. That social worker degree that you got, that freaking uh, humanities degree that you have, that you look at men like this, like this facial expression that you have right now, Sylvia, is not going to pay off. It's too expensive, Sylvia. Go sit somewhere. You know? We can't afford you. You're too expensive. You don't know how to manage money. And it's like I said, the whole feminist movement was never about making women drift away from men because men are inferior. The whole feminist movement was for Sylvia to better herself and have the option to decide if she wanted to stay at home or if she wanted to contribute to the family. And, this, and Sylvia loves to go to college. She loves college. She loves going to college because then she can come out and annoy us with her degree. And this ladies, oh my God, Sylvia loves to go out and insult us. I see that Morena says, wow. So your credit automatically shot if you have to file for bankruptcy because of student debt loans. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, look at Coltrane Castizo. I just want to say one thing to my wife who's home. Yo, Adrian, I did it. Yeah, that's, that's Sylvia at her graduation. Yo, I did it. <laughs> and you notice that Sylvia often comes out and keeps bashing you because she has a master's and you don't. And, and a lot of people used to believe Sylvia. Sylvia will tell us, hey, I have a master's in humanities. I have a master's in this. I have a Sylvia's broke. Sylvia is, is worse than broke. Sylvia's in debt. You know what Sylvia reminds me of? And this, I know this is gonna sound messed up. Uh, there was a lot of I had I had a friend when I was a teenager. Uh, and in my private school, there were a lot of girls that were, you know, we were very pressured to stay in shape. And a lot of girls used to uh, start, you know, with this stress and go into anorexia. And there was one of my friends that used to call these anorexic chicks fat girls and paws. Because if they were to be left to eat whatever they wanted, they would be fat. That's what they ate. So they were fat girls on paws. Fat, fat chicks on paws. You know what Sylvia is? Sylvia is a homeless person on pause. If Sylvia takes a vacation, Sylvia will be on the street. Make no mistake. If Sylvia decides to go out and about and ask for extra whack at Chipotle, Sylvia will not have any electricity. Sylvia is broke. But Sylvia wants to come out here and tell us how feminism is work out for her. Sylvia is hella broke. Okay, Sylvia is living a life of cup of noodles and hot dogs. But hey, she got her degree. She won't smile at you at the grocery store. Sylvia can do it herself. Sylvia don't want you to help her with the boxes. 
Sylvia don't need a man. Sylvia don't want to have a man sleeping next to her. Sylvia doesn't need to get married. Sylvia chose to not get married. <laughs> they literally, and I love what Jose said here, because this is the reality we're seeing that is transplanted into our community. He said they should not get degrees to shame men. That is exactly what Sylvia loves to do. That is Sylvia's sport. That is Sylvia's sport of choice. And I know that in here, I have talked about the divest steps. <laughs> oh my God, look at what I'm not going. <laughs> I know I have talked here about the divest steps. And if you think that Sylvia's are any different than the divest steps, let me tell you something. Sylvia is even scarier than the divest steps. It's even because Sylvia will put you in a headlock. I don't remember who said that, but Sylvia will put you on a headlock if you say something about her degree. Because Sylvia, her degree is a solve it all. There used to be a time when Latina women used to cure everything with Vicks vapor rub. Do you guys remember that? Well, Sylvia solves everything with her humanities degree. If she's sick, she'll throw it at you. If she has a headache, she'll throw it at you. If you say something, she'll throw it at you. Oh, it was Morena who said that. Yeah, Morena was right. Sylvia will put you on a headlock in the blink of an eye. Sylvia will call you everything and their mom and she'll tell you to suck her, her peewee and everything. And I have something to say to you, Sylvia. Sylvia, when you hit 45, and that degree still is still paying you the same lousy $46,000 a year. And you could not get with a dude that can buy your labor. Make no mistake. An electrician in our community makes $76,000 per year. He can buy the job that you do and still have money left. But you look down on that man because your degree is shiny. And you hug your degree at sleep. And let me tell you something, Sylvia. At 40 years old, when you have a bad knee and a fucked up back, let me tell you something. You're going to be left alone to your devices, subscribe to an Alpo Rewards for your dog, because nobody, and I mean no one, will deal with you. Feminism has gotten too expensive in our community and is growing at a scary pace. We have more Sylvias than Lupe's. Lupe is beautiful, Lupe is sweet, Lupe is a mother, a wife, a loving and caring girl that's ready to jump into marriage at 22. Sylvia, at 45, wants to shame Lupe for marrying at 22, telling Lupe that Lupe should go to college like she did. Fuck men and suck my dick. That's basically what Sylvia keeps saying. Literally. And it's too expensive. And I want young ladies to understand, this is coming from an 
older lady. I'm 34 years old. I went to college, not for social working. That's another thing, Sylvia. If you are going to go to college, Sylvia, why you didn't go to college for engineering, math, science? Why? Oh, I get it. That's a man's job. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, Morena, I'm probably no kids. Yeah, Sylvia is old and bitter. Sylvia has no kids. Would you imagine if Sylvia were to have a child? If Sylvia, oh my God, Sylvia's don't have kids. Sylvia's don't have children. Nobody wants to procreate and reproduce with Sylvia. And Sylvia's too good to reproduce with anybody. Sylvia looks down on painters, on gardeners. Sylvia looks down on everybody because Sylvia's the shit. Sylvia had everybody put her through college so that she can become a stellar and Chinese social worker. I feel bad for Sylvia's kid if, if she happens to have one because I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. If Sylvia didn't have that kid at 17, trust me, Sylvia has no kids. Sylvia has no freaking kids. And if Sylvia has kids, they hate Mama Sylvia. I've seen it with my own eyes. When Sylvia has a kid, Lil Sylvia doesn't like Mama Sylvia. And it's time for us to start telling this to younger ladies in our community. We don't need any more Sylvia's. Sylvia don't understand that her degree will cost us as a community because when she doesn't have enough money and her bad knee and her bad back start arising around 40 years old, 45 years old, and she starts breaking down and nobody's gonna be there to take care of her because she decided not to marry Jose or Julio because they were, ew, they're beneath me. Even though Julio and Jose make 70K per year or even 50K per year. And they could have made an amazing family that made $90,000 a year, middle class. But no, Sylvia decided that her degree is better. And let me tell you something, I know this is gonna sound misogynistic as hell, and you can call me, like I said, I've been called whorephobic, womanphobic, all kinds of phobic. Women don't make, for the most part, don't make smart financial decisions. We don't. As a woman, I can accept that. We don't. How does it make sense that I'm going to get a degree that I have not studied the return on investment before I got into it? Becoming a social worker today doesn't pay hundreds of thousands of dollars. So if you're going to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a degree that doesn't even pay you that per year, was that a smart choice or just this feminism in modern era has gotten too expensive? And I know, Sylvia, I know, I know, yeah, you wanna cry, Sylvia, but Sylvia, it is what it is, Sylvia. You had it coming. You had it coming. You know? So so it's like I said, 
you don't make enough money to sustain yourself. That's why you want more and more damn government funded programs for yourself so that you can survive with your minimum wage work. Because if you're making that amount of money, let me tell you something, Sylvia. That is the minimum wage that Americans need to live in this country. $46,000 a year is a person that gets paid $24 per hour. So you're on minimum wage. You went into debt for a minimum wage. That was not a smart choice, Sylvia. I'm telling you, girl. That was not smart. That was not smart at all. And now you're getting all aggressive and stuff. And you're getting all sad and whatnot, you know? But it's not our fault, Sylvia. It's not our fault. But probably, you know, Sylvia, I don't know. Do you guys think that feminism has gotten too expensive? Do you think that, you know, we can actually repair this? Do you think that uh, people should keep going, you know, uh, to college to get themselves in debt? Because look, I'm tired of paying taxes. And every time we see women more often, there was something that Lord Hokage said the other day that I did agree with him. There's a lot I disagree with Lord Hokage, but in this, I agree with him. When they gave us the power to exercise our options as women, we made the worst decisions. Don't blame me, don't attack the messenger, but the wealth of women. And men don't compare. And then we want to call it the pay gap. And women pay this, women pay that. No. Women don't necessarily make enough money to actually say or contribute to society to actually say that they're not paid equally. You don't get paid equally first because you don't do as much. You don't pick the right careers. You don't do the dangerous jobs that men do. You know, you look masculine, Sylvia, but you don't do all those jobs. When was the last time that we drove down the street and we saw construction and there was Sylvia in there? Sylvia's not there. Sylvia's only masculine when you wanna attack her, her feminism and, and her aggressive views. But then, they come in here and they start calling for that zaddy government to create all these programs to rescue Sylvia from failing. And that's what keeps creating more and more Sylvias. And that's what's going to create that more and more Latino men run out of Latinas to marry. Unfortunately, that's what's coming. We're seeing it with the white community. We're seeing it with the black community. We're seeing it with the Asian community. It's happening in the Latino community, I'm telling you. We're surrounded by Sylvia's. <laughs> Mononaco says, I can get Sylvia a roofing job. Do you wanna die? Do, do you wanna die today? Sylvia will kill you if you even say that to her. Look at her face. Latino men are running out of Latinas. Lupes are less, there are less Lupes 
than there are Sylvia's right now. Consuelas, there's not a lot of Consuelas out there. There's mostly Lupe. And Lupe doesn't only come in this ugly face uh, type of chick. I've seen a lot of beautiful girls that are Sylvia's. The minute they open their mouth, they have the most ratchet behavior. They are ready to do crazy shit. They are ready to attack any man. Yes, girl. Ah, look at Morena, Denise. Ten cuidado hablando tanto de Silvia. She will come after you. <laughs> Wananaka says, we marry Beckys as well. We get all the Beckys. No, Beckys, Beckys are only marrying at a 54% rate today. That means that half of the Beckys are useless. Brad doesn't even want them. And the problem is that we have to reassess what's happening. There was a time when Latinas used to be uh, different. They used to be more of compromise, you know, committed to duty and family and love and building. And don't get me wrong, there's still a lot of us out there. And you guys know, I used to be Sylvia. I've said it many times, I'm a reformed Sylvia. <laughs> I'm a reformed Sylvia. I'm a reform Sylvia, but I'm seeing this trend. I'm seeing this trend growing, growing. How many sholas you see here in LA with the freaking eyebrows tatted and all this fucking lip piercing and shit? That's disgusting. There's nothing worse, and I'm saying this as a woman. There's nothing worse that I've seen on a woman than a fucking top lip, uh, fucking uh, piercing. That's the fucking disgusting. I want the guys to answer in the in the chat. Do you think that a woman with a top lip piercing looks cute or you think that's disgusting? That is I find that disgusting. Why you want to have that up there? That's like the replacement of like the old school let me tat on my upper lip at a uh, freaking birthmark that look always look green and disgusting and we knew it was fake so it's like i said feminism has gotten too expensive for latinas to afford we can't we literally can't continue with this jose says it looks disgusting and horrible. Morena says, upper lip piercing? Yeah, upper lip piercing. Upper lip uh, piercing. Uh, Wananako says, I've seen a lot of the differences by American-born Hispanics and fresh of the boat Latinas. Fresh of the boats are way better. Absolutely. I don't, look, Jose's, I mean, Ramon said, no piercings, period. Maybe on the top because there's a use to it. <laughs> Johnny Mills says, I don't like when they get plastic surgery. Uh, United States of Atlantic Creole Nationalist Party says, if Denise or Morena had a lip ring, I'll still accept y'all. Well, I don't have a lip ring and my men already accepted me without it. But I'm not looking forward to how that. That's disgusting. Look around you. And I want to give men this assignment because I think 
that we still have a room of opportunity in the Latino community to reverse this stupidity. I want you to go out in this new week and every time you're surrounded by our people, look at the woman and look at the way they behave. I want you to look at the way they behave, how loud they can get, what they talk about, how they carry themselves. Look around you. And what's up with the fucking BBLs? Every time I go into the gym, I see more and more Latinas with this disproportionate, disgusting butt that we know are two balloons that you place in there. It doesn't look good, sis. It doesn't. If you have a small booty, be happy with it. Rock it. You're a small booty, a, a small booty girl. Stop getting all this lip injections, bullshit, and all this stuff. That looks disgusting. That's the Sylvia started started kit. Master's degree, bachelor's degree, PhD. Uh, you're a feminist. The gold chain, the the lip ring, the nose ring, the fucking latches that are like longer than anything. They arrive five minutes before you to places. You know, that, that's disgusting. So guys, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe, maybe I'm just making shit up. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Or maybe you think that Sylvia needs to be eradicated. And I'm putting this job on the men. Because I know the men in our community can also be vocal, but sometimes you get intimidated because Sylvia is fucking scary. <laughs> Sylvia is scary. <laughs> you don't want to be near Sylvia, but it's time to call out Sylvia. And that also is a job for us women. I want you to take this week, like I said, and look at the women in our community and start looking at the way they behave, how they treat men, how they talk, how they even teach younger girls about what men are and what they do and like, you know, calling men cochinos, this and that and blah, 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 blah. How many Sylvias you think we're going to find this week? I don't know. And to Sylvia, the things that, you know, she has everything going on for herself and that, you know, eventually at 40, she'll be like, oh my God, I can't find no man. Oh my God, what? there's no good. These men out there no están por nada. Estos hombres no están por nada. It's not that the men don't want to do anything. It's that you are too toxic, sis. You're like acid. Like, please, come on. Come on, Sylvia. Come on, Sylvia. And they don't have time for you. And they're now in greener pastures and your time has changed, your time passed. And I know it's sad. I know, you don't have to make that face, it's sad. But like I said, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe I'm just full of shit. Maybe I'm just calling this out, but there is a crisis brewing in the Latin community with feminism. And we're seeing it, the more, the more and more of our women keep getting into this education path, college is the place where femininity goes to die. And I want to know why, Sylvia, why you cannot be feminine and educated? 
One thing is not against of the other. I want to know why femininity dies in college. I want to know. And I'm sharing the link. So if you guys want to come up, we can chop it up. We can talk about it. But before I do that, you guys know I always go into intermission. And you can follow me also on Instagram so that you can keep up with everything that I do, everything that's happening in Latin America, also results of elections, things that are brewing up. Make sure you follow me on Instagram, Denise.Gonzalez.Villegas1, so that you can keep up with me. Now, guys, I'm going to take five minutes. It's 1.15 p.m. where I'm at. Uh, I will be back at 1.20. And we're going to discuss Sylvia. We're going to see how Sylvia is impacting the lives of many, many, many people in the Latin community. And it's time to, to eradicate Sylvia and her feminism from our community. I'll be back in five minutes, guys. Get those that popcorn, those snacks, those drinks, use the loo, whatever you got to do, you have five minutes to do it. And I'll be back with the rest of the discussion.
And we are back, people. We are back. We are back. I hope that you got your snacks ready. You got everything ready because the discussion is going to get popping. Uh, I want to remind before I let the guests in that the views and the statements of the guests do not necessarily represent those of the channel and or those of the panel members, as some comments may be offensive to the Changuitos or select groups of people. <laughs> also, I want to remind you that by calling into the live show, you waive your rights to the use of your image and likeness for the purposes of this show. Also, I want to remind everybody to do not use content without written permission. Authorized use of Unauthorized use of content will be reported for copyright infringement and without any further ado guys i want to welcome the one the only good evening the mayor of parkchester jose negron and if you think that's not enough i want to welcome the one and only my good friend rakim what's up good afternoon everybody it's 30 days until the first day of winter oh my god here we go again <laughs> Now, what do you think about feminism in the Latin community, Jose? Do you think feminism has gotten too expensive? Okay, now as a, as a regard to the femotaps, um, that it's another name um, for after tap community, uh, I think it is very expensive. I mean, look, the fact of the matter is, instead of pursuing a college education so they can be productive financially. They advance their education just like, see, I'm better than you. I got this, you don't got that. Nah, 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 nah. And what's gonna <laughs> happen is these women are gonna die bitterly and alone because I don't think even the dogs or the cats can deal with them. <laughs> Morena says that uh, also she likes uh, she likes Sylvia's uh, chain. Yeah, Sylvia has style. Don't get me wrong. Look at those curls. <laughs> Sylvia has style. <laughs> uh, I've seen better. <laughs> I mean, look at oh, even Portes, even Portes and jewelry. <laughs> but fortunately for me, I don't have that problem. Uh, <laughs> you don't deal with Sylvia, Jose? Not even, not even, a, what if a Sylvia that's 40 years old comes at you and say, hey, hey, Jose, uh, I like you. Take me out on a date. Do you think you would date Sylvia? I would do one of these. <laughs> Sprinkle her with holy water and run. <laughs> now, Rakim, uh, welcome. How are you? <laughs> What's going on, Denise? How's everybody on the panel? My oh, good friend, good. Jose. Good afternoon. Missed you a lot. Let's, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I've been working. I've been, I've been working a lot. Okay. Yep. Uh, Rakim, what do you think about Sylvia? Do you think feminism has gotten too expensive Hello? for Latinas to afford? Well, yes, feminism has gotten too expensive for women to afford in general. Um, which, like what you were saying, due to the um, decrease um, in the economy, the the debt, the the housing, um, feminine feminism has definitely gotten expensive. But I think for so many of these women, they've been indoctrinated for so long 
that it's hard to turn that off. It's hard to swallow their pride and actually say that they need a person that they've been trained to look at as beneath them for so long. You know, so um, as far as the way some of these women think when it comes to, you know, uh, getting older or when it comes to not having a significant other, they'll just try to bring down other young women with them. They'll just find young, impressionable girls in their lives so they feel like they they have some type of company because no matter what, it's always going to be men's fault. If men was to happen to disappear today, everything would still be our fault. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, guys, <laughs> ahead, don't guys, don't you know that with a humanity degree, it can cure cancer? With a humanity degree, it can cure acne? With a humanity <laughs> degree, it can cure um, COVID-19? You, don't you guys know that? Ah, a humanities degree today, it has become the new big vapor rub of, of Sylvia. You know, Sylvia, Sylvia doesn't know a lot of things, but she knows that her degree is very useful. And let me tell you something, Sylvia, this, this is what's coming. <laughs> That's that's basically what's coming for you, Sylvia. But I see that I have my good friend Boricua. What's up, Ramon? ¿Cómo estás? ¿Qué pasó, mamá? ¿Qué es la que hay? Todo bien, chica. Todo bien. Disfrutando el fin de semana, ya tú sabes. Ya, acá, se está, acá se está poniendo un poco frío. No me gusta, no me gusta. Uh, no, no, a mí tampoco. Uh -uh. Yeah. A mí me encanta de frío. No, 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 frío, no, no frío, no frío. No cold, no cold, no, not no, to the no, cold. No cold, no cold. I mean, come no, on, it's no three days into the first day of winter. I'm gonna celebrate. Oh, uh, you can celebrate. That's fine. You can celebrate. <laughs> I don't, I'm not trying to do all of that because I'm cold. I'm not. I'm not cold compatible. I'm not a cold weather person. <laughs> I was born and raised in a, on a tropical island, and that's set for life. I mean, when Absolutely. you live, when you live wow. like the first 30 years of your life in, in a tropical environment, you become set. You get set like that. And you, you, you get taken. Ah, <laughs> Every time the winter comes, this is me and Ramon. <laughs> See? Uh. No, not, not me. Yes. Every day winter comes, it's happy days are here again. No, oh, no, winter no, no. is here. No. Oh, winter no, no, no. Real quick, real quick. Also, I want to say. Nah, 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 nah. All, all that cold and me suffering from bronchi from bronchitis because of all that cold. Uh, nah, nah, nah. That's not for me. What's well, up, Rakim? What's going on, man? My boy, my boy Ramon, what's going on, man? How you doing? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't, I, I couldn't get on a on a stream without uh, giving you a little shout out. I mean, it's just that it's just that Jose, Jose is kind of like, yeah, it's it's kind of like giving us this mess about about winter. Don't remind us, Jose. We don't want it. We don't want the winter. <laughs> Uh, Speak for well, yourself, and my lady's gonna have to get used to getting, getting used to winter. 
Ah, good luck with that. Good luck with that because she's gonna be kind of like us that that are gonna hate it, <laughs> most likely. That will be my my guess. Uh, she's gonna hate it. She's no, gonna she's hate gonna, it. She's gonna guys, love it, guys. Well, uh, back on on the topic. Yes. yes. Uh, Ramon, do you think that feminism has gotten too expensive for Latinas to afford it? Well, as long as they, well, unfortunately, because some of the Hispanic women or Latinas, as you rather call them, the the they have followed the lead of the feminist of the North American feminist movement, and that did filter down to Puerto Rico to a, <laughs> to a, a degree. <laughs> Those are the Puerto Rican feminists. Oh, boy. <laughs> have you ah, seen them? Yeah, yeah. You nah. don't tell me, Ramon, that we have not seen this in Puerto Rico. When you go to Rio Piedras or you go yeah. to Carolina, you see you see this lady. Come yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looking looking like that or, or or looking extra overweight, unfortunately, that that's also yeah. a thing because all of the fast food culture was pushed on the island. So there is an obesity down there too, and it's and it's very unfortunate. Um, maybe not as be not as visible as it is out here in in, in the states, but in, but in Puerto Rico it also does happen. And some of the attitudes and the and the whole thing about uh, kind of like the the whole toxic masculinity mentality uh, the anti-manhood and how being a man is a bad thing and how it is potentially criminal and dangerous for a woman for a man to be a man some of those some of that mentality unfortunately has filtered down to to puerto rico and it, it is very unfortunate and it is gonna be expensive because it, the same result that is happening here in the states is gonna start happening in Puerto Rico too, which is that the guys are not gonna want to be with the women either. I mean, they're <laughs> gonna be looking. They're gonna be looking to towards other places. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna wanna be with women of other of other places, other countries, other other parts of the world. In that that that's just gonna be the logical the logical response to it. I mean, as a Puerto Rican myself, I love Puerto Rican women, but but if it's too if it's gonna be too difficult to be with my one, I'm gonna have to look somewhere else. Most likely uh, 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 She's about to cry, too. Ramon. She's about to cry. <laughs> I don't care. They're making her cry. I don't yeah. know. Well, well, she's well, croc, croc tears. That's her problem. <laughs> you and, don't think you don't think that Sylvia's adorable? <laughs> you don't uh, think that Sylvia's adorable? No, uh, no, nothing masculine for me. Uh, I, I'm please. a man. I would rather be masculine. Yeah, go ahead, Jose. They're more likely heard that you'll get on the subway car during rush hour. Oh. <laughs> I, I love what Donnie said. He's like, stay toxic, fellas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, we have started to see uh, documentaries even done by Latinas about this stuff. And, and make no mistake, I have shed a light a lot about um, how... You know, there's a lot of feminicide in the Latin community. However, I would say, ladies, we are having enough information out there. There's a lot of research out there so that you can make the best choices when it comes to marriage. And I'm not blaming them for their own experiences. You're, of course, you're going to 
there's some ladies that get trapped into that, but that's not an excuse for you to become uh, a Sylvia. That's not an excuse. Just, you know, go somewhere else and take your femininity with you. Don't check it at the door. There's a lot, there's plenty of good Latino men out there. There's plenty of good African-American men out there. There's plenty of white men out there. Go find yourself one. Keep living your life. You know, but but we're seeing a lot of documentaries of these ladies like turning into this whole masculine, uh, insulting, aggressive, uh, promiscuous, uh, freaking, I don't know. It's, it's a weird subculture that is brewing in the Latin community and it's starting to spread in large numbers. I think I think that becoming what the white feminists were be, were becoming back in the in the late 60s. They're kind of trying to catch up to that. That will be uh, that. That's the impression that I'm getting. That they are kind of like becoming what those feminists were back then, back when they were burning bras or they were uh, they were taking care so much of their looks or they were they were trying to be masculine and all. Maybe there are these Latinas that are trying to catch up to that. Maybe not so much to the third wave of feminism right now, which is the the, the very radical anti-man, uh, like yeah. that they talk about that the world would be better off if, if men are actually killed off. Hashtag kill all men. That's an actual, actual hashtag. You can look it up. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen that that hashtag, the the hashtag kill all men, and that's actually a real, a radical feminist thing where they actually believe that the world will, will be better off if men are killed off, all of us are killed off, and that it's only women, and the world will be a better place because of it. I mean, oh my it, god, it, that's yeah. sick. It's a, that's it, it, sick as hell. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a whole bunch of garbage, but I mean... That's, I, you know what that reminds me of, Ramon? Do you remember there was last year like this whole propaganda in the UK because one woman was supposedly abducted? Uh, yeah. There was this whole propaganda to quarantine the men after 6 p.m. to avoid that woman will be abducted or anything like that. Hey, JS, what's up? um and and men started protesting that because i'm like if you're trying to protect women why quarantine men and not the woman uh, <laughs> no, no, I have, no i haven't heard of that one but but that whole quarantine that's that's targeting one one whole group one whole gender and no no that that's that's not how that works i mean as a person as an adult after a certain time in the evening, you shouldn't be wandering around anyway. I mean, it's just like kind of common sense and you should be aware of your surroundings, keeping your head on a swivel. But that whole thing, uh, quarantining, targeting a whole gender of the uh, a whole part of the population because of one woman thinks that they're, they're about to get abducted, that's kind of like weaponizing an issue against a gender. No, no, uh, no, no. It's like it's it's kind of like what uh, Donnie's saying. He's like, if Sylvia's are strong and independent, then why can they walk alone at night? I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ramon, be careful because you're going to give the female investors uh, more um, um, information so they can use. Because I remember I had a run-in with. Um, with a female YouTuber 
I think I know who you're referring to. I'm not going to mention names. Because Neither am I. Are... No, no, no. I'm not going to mention names because Neither they deserve it. And they are the type of women that ask men, we should stay away from them, not give them attention, turn our backs on them. They, they think that we are so bad and they can stay away from us. They don't. They, they don't need to come to come around men trying to get attention because okay they, they can talk a whole bunch of garbage a whole bunch of shit about how bad men are but they're still trying to get attention from men no 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 let, let, don't give them attention at all they, they need yeah. to to be excommunicado i mean from <laughs> from, the, from the male gender uh, uh, absolutely a hundred percent i'm dead serious Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No attention. No attention to 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 the to the male haters, female women that that are hating on men. They don't deserve attention because that's something that they need. They need that anyway. Well, they have they have their. I have my name for them. They're now known as the fennel the fennel taps. Ah, the female taps. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> good. That's pretty good. The female taps. Yeah. So the, the the MIC community is really expanding, and this is a representative of. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of the different tabs. This is this is the new tab, the new classification of the tab, the female tabs. So the female tab. Yep. Yep. So the female tabs needs to be. And that is Sylvia. They yeah. need to be. Look, one thing I would say is that. Um, I, I recently went to Puerto Rico and whereas you can still see that, you know, we're still a very family centric community yeah. in the island. We still have uh, a very small group of women that are into this whole thing. Yeah. And they're going down that rabbit hole and you see this shit that they say. Yeah. And they're glorifying toxicity. Yes, girl. Uh, you know, if 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 he's not gonna do what you want him to do, then he can continue with his life. You don't need him. And we see more and more of this mirroring the American feminism starting to take over. I just saw a documentary like uh, several months ago about how feminism is growing in Mexico. There's two million Mexican women now being feminists and call themselves feminists. I'm like, so you're gonna destroy the Mexican family now? What the fuck? Okay, but but which wave are they mirroring? They are second, imitating. second wave right now. Oh, okay, they're on the second wave. Yeah, yeah. Second that wave. Man. Second wave. It's not. It's not about choice anymore because Mexican women, uh, you know, have a choice to actually work or stay at home. Yeah. So they're just they're just literally just going all out because. I don't know. I guess they want to be. They want to be different. They want to be twerking on the street. Uh, Melanie Knight says we saw them twerking the same way they do here in the states. Yeah, absolutely. I saw women twerking in Puerto Rico the same way that they twerk out here, and I was like, "That's disgusting." But okay, yeah. if that makes you feel good. Yeah. Well, the twerking in Puerto Rico. That's basically that has to do with the perreo and the reggaeton. That, that has been happening since the nineties. There is nothing new to that. There, there but on been... the street, Ramon, on the streets. But weren't they tourists? Because I remember the yeah. videos of the tourists. There were some were... tourists, but the ones that we saw were from the island. Oh. 
<laughs> I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like yeah. in Puerto Rico, I'm going to explain it the way it is. Look, in Puerto Rico and in the DR, if you want a wife, you have to go into the mountains. You have to go to either the west, the central part of the island, or the east. If you want to, if you get a girl from the city, she's going to be in this group with this whole culture. You know, this Tatiana culture. The same way we're seeing it all throughout Latin America. If you get a girl today from Medellin, Colombia, <laughs> I feel so bad for you. I feel so bad for you. If you go to Medellin, to Bogota, even in Cali, I feel so bad for you. So it, look, I even have a friend that he, his girlfriend, he, he, he literally went into Orocovis to find himself a wife. Mm-hmm. And he's from Carolina, and he's like, "What? You want me to marry a, a girl from Carolina? Hell no!" Oh, oh no, Carolina, Lina, no, I Liga, Liga. No, that's a, that, that's one of one of the places that are known for kind of like the very urban culture going on there. That's one of the places. Yeah, Carolina. Yeah. Carolina is, is the home of reggaeton. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you see these ladies are like that. Now I have, excuse me, I have a question. When it comes to twerking, what does it mean dancing provocatively? Uh, no, uh, yeah. Look, is it's like a very sexual dance where you some most of the times these ladies are showing their butts. And just shaking their butts. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much what uh, twerking is. Like you, like the twerking culture in the United States really originated from New Orleans, New Orleans, Louisiana, with bounce music. And to, to my knowledge, they was doing. Of course, you know, you have the twerking in the Caribbean and uh, in uh, the DR and PR and everything from reggaeton and different music, but. Uh, the twerking, the United States twerking started from uh, bounce music from New Orleans. And pretty much it's a sexual provocative dance. You have a lot of women that say they just do it because it's like a, for them women empowerment, but really they're just doing it to get attention from men. Anytime you see a group of women twerking, they doing it for some type of attention from men. Absolutely. We have, and I agree uh, to a degree with what uh, Wananako Sajin is saying. He's like, listening to Perra and or all the trash dembow music, that's a bad influence. Yeah, absolutely. Music is one of the most influential things uh, that you get exposed to. You know, so it, it's, it's so crazy that we're seeing this stuff. Like I have some of my Latino friends here, like I've talked to them and they're like, no, I'm still married at 31 because, you know, this woman are trash. Yeah. Well, it, it, because of I'm familiar with how reggaeton on the island started out back in the in the 90s, I was seeing that in a party atmosphere, there, there was the 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 grinding the people dancing and the, the perreo with the with the women uh, that was already a thing it just was it's just a different name for it the perreo thing um but, but in, it was still but it was still 
like either in the Lopari de Marquesina, right. uh, like the garage parties or yeah. the, the, the clubs. Now you go out on the street and you can literally, if you drive through Carolina, you're going to find one fundillo dancing in front of you somewhere. <laughs> I'm not even making this up. Go experience it yourself. Un culo en el cristal del carro. Yeah. They're going to get flashed. To the window to the window glass. Yeah. It's oh my god. Up to the glass. Yeah. Look, Maranaco Sajin says men like to hit that but not marry that. Absolutely. And we have to Look, if we if we're gonna take the time to talk about the American feminism and criticize them, we have to do something before this is spread throughout all the women in our community. And I think the 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 very best thing we can do is start with the younger women. We just saw uh, freaking Carol G. I love Carol G's music. Yes, I listen to Bichota, but I don't wanna I don't want a 16 year old listening to that. I don't think even if you're 21, you should abide by that. If you listen to her lyrics, oh my God. And and one thing I will say to Sylvia's out there, stop getting this crackhead looking tattoos. Oh no no that that's kind of like a very rebellious and very masculine thing, getting all covered in tattoos like that. Uh, okay, personally, I don't like it, but it has everything to do with me being from a different time where women had more respect for for their bodies and how they look like, and they they, they understood they understood that getting covered in a whole bunch of big masculine ass tattoos is just not a it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Not a good look. I mean, a, a man who values himself is not gonna invest in somebody like that. That's that's a rebellious thing. That's a rebellious thing that's associated with strippers and street walkers and the like. And okay, yeah, yeah, it, they're free to do it. They can do it all they want, but they're yeah, not. And, it, and it's being pushed. Look, this is Castle. Castle yeah, yeah. is so, it's a beautiful girl. Look at all those. Th- she wow. looks like like any crackhead that you will see on the street. Yeah. Now, this is what's being portrayed to young girls as successful, independent, strong Sylvia woman. Yeah. And I want to ask the men here, do you, would you wife someone like that? No, no. That because that's like that's what that's what's being created. But like, would you marry something like that? Hell no. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the, and the thing is, the thing uh, is, you, you the thing that's pushed. No, 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 that looks like a. Look at Jose. Look at Jose. Rakim, you were like, going to say like, something. Like a, like a gang member, like MS 13, motherfucker. Uh, you were going to say something, uh, Rakim. <laughs> uh, Jose can go on. Hold on one second, guys. Okay. Go ahead, Jose. You were saying something. You were going to say something about this. Okay, first of all, she looks demonic. Okay. <laughs> and if I had a choice of being married to her and being married to a bush, I'll marry the bush. The I'd rather no like Mickey Rourke. Uh Mickey Rourke, like I would rather be on a desert island with a gorilla. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And 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 like I said, this is something that it's 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 becoming more and more common in the Latin community. And it's it's I must say Sylvia is is she took the wrong freaking turn and I don't know where. And it seems like the more you are exposed to college, the more you're exposed to this music. Look, this is this is the goddess, the Latina goddess right now. Carol G with her blue hair and all the uh, tattoos what, and stuff. Excuse me, in what universe? In this universe. Not not in mine. And let me tell you something. Carol G is a beautiful woman. But look at look at that image. Isn't that the same thing that we're criticizing about the divest tabs? the the ratchet taps and all this this is the same thing that's being now promoted this is a latin uh grammy award winner yeah today yeah. okay yeah, that, that, that's uh, the image of, of success now is unfortunate i mean artists back in the day they will have more class to themselves, the way that they carry themselves, they presented themselves, they had more class to it. But no, 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 it's not like that anymore, unfortunately. That's no. considered to be old school and passe and uh, del pasado. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's 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 turning into, uh, you know, more masculinity being pushed out and and you can see it even in the statistics like carol g for example she's from colombia yeah. colombia alone if you isolate it from latin america has even a, a birth out of wedlock rate of 84 percent 84 percent of the babies born in colombia are born out of wedlock and this is their queen damn carol so g left she was engaged to Anuel AA. She left her engagement when she was supposed to get married this year. She left her engagement uh -huh. to, and I knew it the minute she she dyed her hair blue. She was, I was like, this, there's something going wrong here. She dyed her hair blue. She broke her engagement off uh -huh. to go show her natural ass on national TV, get all tatted up, and this is what she's doing. Yeah, well, Anuela dodged a bullet then. Yeah, it's the only the only way that I, the only thing that I could say. I, even though I'm not a fan of his, but on this one he may have dodged a, a bullet because it, she's showing who who and what she really is. And look, uh, that's her. When they start dyeing their <laughs> when they start dyeing their hair, uh, blue, purple, or green. I mean, you run. Know, they, they can't be taken seriously. I mean, that's like the big. That's a big red flag. There was a time in history when those colors were reserved for clowns. Not yeah, anymore. because that is exactly what they look like. They look like clowns because they had clown colors in their hair. Yeah. <laughs> and some um, clothing too. Guys, I remember when we did the um the stream on no bullshit regarding these women who had crazy hairdos and Tattoos all over the body. She reminds me of one of those retards. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. It's it's getting ridiculous uh, by the hour. That's why I said I'm like we we are losing 
it's something that I posted like uh, a while ago. We have become so obsessed with women doing everything that a man can do that mm -hmm. we have forgotten what made a woman unique. This is our Puerto Rican version of Carol G. Elisanich, Elisanich, or whatever her name is. Yeah, she That's is looking, looking like a gang member. Doing the white power sign too? No, no I think I think I think that's blood gang, or maybe she's a pot root. That's her. Well, that's her. Yeah. But guys, yeah. I'm gonna start wrapping this up because you know I have to prep for the second show at 6 p.m. So you know we're gonna we're gonna tackle down today on Latin explaining the empire strikes again. And mm -hmm. if you want to know what I'm talking about, trust me, if you like this Sylvia show, <laughs> you're going to love The Empire Strikes Back. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to start with Ramon, then Rakim, and then Jose. Final thoughts on today's stream. Um, yes. First of all, I appreciate, Dennis, you letting me on your panel. And uh, and and this whole thing, I mean, you're, you're just kind of like touching lightly on this subject. This is something that can we can come back and revisit it with some new things and some new fuck shit fuckery comes up. We can we can revisit <laughs> this subject again because this this is this is barely scratching the surface. And but yeah, that's something that uh, we have been observing us that there are a, a little bit older and we remember how things used to be, uh, particularly when with, with the celebrities. And uh, I mean, they might have ha they might not have been this these angels, this pure, pure Puritan people, but at least they they presented themselves like they care about themselves, like they care about uh, their their image but there is a a lot of kind of like messed up imagery imagery that is being presented to the media and that's maybe partly why i don't take it i don't engage in it anymore like that like i don't really watch tv like i used to in part partly because of that it has changed and not changed for the better i mean i don't have a problem with change as long as it is for the better but it's not it's not happening it's not happening like that it's not being changed for the better it's changing for the for the ish for the for the mess so like at least if later on some of us were gonna be if we're gonna be having like offspring or people that are gonna be following after us they're gonna take up on our legacy where all we can do is try our best to instill them to instill in them certain values and and teaching them to value themselves and respect themselves and their appearance and on and making them getting them to understand that um carrying themselves uh with class and with dignity like they having pride in the, in themselves is more likely to take them far much far, much further in, in life in when it comes to success and the like that's, that will be what I would recommend anybody to who hears this, and uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Don't don't follow. Don't try to follow and imitate the this current 
uh, celebrities because they are not they're, they're not really worth a damn. I mean, it's, it, it, even if you're listening to like the, the reggaeton, I will be the first one to say, "Hey, listen to to, to reggaeton of yesterday <laughs> or back in the day," which uh, the, it was a cleaner look back then. Kind of like take an example for that. It was fun in and and people did sometimes they they did care more about their appearance they dressed better they dressed better they had they, they had more of a clean look they presented themselves better right now we are looking at, uh, at people that look like they have some kind of an addiction or they look like they they are street walkers and they're they're trying too hard to be rebellious and that's not something that i will uh, that i will recommend for the youth for impressionable uh youngsters uh that are growing up coming up looking up to this to these personalities absolutely absolutely thank you so much ramon i'm gonna put you backstage and go anywhere uh now rakim and then jose final thoughts rakim I think the female taps got him. But in the meantime, Jose, final thoughts. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you very much for allowing me to be on your stream. It was good that we were able to have this serious discussion regarding the female taps. Um, the fact that matters, it's a shame that these women, um, instead of taking the advantage of getting a college education to get a, to get careers that happen to become financially um, successful just to shame men for being less educated but it is what it is i just want to remind everybody that i will be on live this tuesday night 9 30 p.m eastern standard time 8 30 central standard time i keep forgetting what it is in pacific time but my topic will be the consequences of the COVID 19 mandates um, it's going to be a serious discussion and I look forward to you guys being there. Of course, I'm going to close the same way that I always close. People, please be careful out there because we still didn't see 19 and we must do everything possible to avoid our contact with the mentally intellectually challenged, which is forever expanding because if we fail to do so, we become infected. And then we'll be <laughs> like we are brain damage. <laughs> Absolutely, Jose. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining the panel. I'm going to put you backstage. Uh, Rakim, final thoughts. Okay, um, my final thoughts is it looks like feminism has hit like a tidal wave and it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, destroyed the United States, but it's making its way to the Caribbean and to different parts of uh, Latin America and, of course, all over the world. And um, this whole just rebelliousness, like, it's no structure. Some of these uh, women that are involved in feminism seems like they love the power of not having to follow any type of structure, any type of rule of order or anything like that but here's one thing that people don't understand with no rule or order comes no need to protect if we're viewed as if you all are viewed as equal men we're going to expect you to be able to handle your own we're going to expect you to be able to protect yourself from any imminent threat 
And we're going to expect you to be able to do everything that a man can do because the rhetoric that's been pumped into these young boys' heads is that women are equal. Women are equal. Women can do everything you can do. Don't ever say anything against uh, women not being equal. So now these young boys are growing up with this mentality that women are equal. And with that, you're seeing a decline in the need to protect, to provide for these women. Patriarchy is slowly fading. And they're seeing the disastrous aftermath of that. And now they're complaining because they never really wanted things to be equal. They just wanted the benefits without any of the responsibility, accountability. I want to be able to lead. But when things don't go right with me leading the ship and I crash into that rock or we start to sink, I want you to be able to take control of the sinking ship and get us back to where we need to be. And that seems to be the um, end all be all for feminism. And I don't know what to say about it. You know, um, I've seen it do damage to the African-American community tremendously. And um, I would hate to see that happen to the Latin community or any other communities. But it seems like it's starting to make um, a pathway down there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's such a shame uh, that we are here witnessing it happening uh, before our eyes. Thank you so much, Rakim. I'm gonna put you backstage, don't go anywhere. Guys, today's show, um, like I said, uh, and like Ramon said, we're just scratching the surface. I think I will revisit this later on during this season. Uh, you know, we gotta talk about Sylvia a little bit more. And like I said before, you know, it's our job to now re-educate this younger woman in our community and stopping them from becoming Sylvia and you know because it doesn't pay off like I said if we're seeing the decline of the white community the black community the Asian community we're now different you know it's human nature so it's time to put a cap to it and I know a lot of women are gonna come at me with the patriarchy, el patriarcado, blah, 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 blah. Well, there are better uh, ways to assess the patriarchy, the negative aspects. There's a lot of positive aspects to patriarchy and we should reinforce those and then forego of the ones that no longer serve us. But overall, we need to stop our community to mirror the communities that we see today being devastated by feminism and how expensive it has gotten to the point that a husband no longer in the latin community can afford sylvia and guys with that being said i want to thank everybody that has joined in like i said today we're going to have a double whammy and we're going to discuss the empire strikes again there's a lot of things happening in latin america especially during the election time for many countries and the empire is not content and we're going to discuss what the empire is doing to stop our countries from thriving so if you wonder what i'm talking about make sure you tune in at 6 p.m pacific time 10 p.m eastern time today and i'm going to discuss it here and if you have your views regarding what i'm talking about make sure you also join the panel so that you can have a discussion with me so guys thank you very much for tuning in this has been another episode of latin explaining with denise i hope everybody has an amazing sunday 
get your barbecue, get ready. Next weekend is Thanksgiving weekend. That's my favorite holiday. Make sure you, you know, put your turkey in the fridge already if it's more than 20 pounds because it takes a while to get tall. <laughs> if you were able to afford a turkey because they're going very, very, very expensive right now. So guys, that has been all for today. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'll see you guys at six. And it has been a pleasure to host another episode of Latin Explaining with Denise all about finances, business, and sometimes politics and fun. Thank you very much, guys. Peace. Ooh, ooh, ooh.